Thank you for joining us today with Newly Awakened Ministries. Here, hold on. Here we go. All right, we are live. All right, thank you so much, Dr. Somerville, for joining me. Everyone, that if you guys are watching, thank you for watching. Thank you for, uh, you know, watching Newly Awakened Ministries and our live of Fuel the Flame live. Uh, if our amazing guest today is Dr. David Somerville. I have known him my whole life. He is an amazing man of God. Uh, I mean, he has been there. Uh, he's been there for me when times have not been so good. But he's also been there for me when times have been very good. He's been the. He's been there my whole life. I love. I love him so much. He's a mighty man of God. He always will speak the truth, and he will speak the truth with love. He all. Uh, uh, he speaks a, a lot at First Assembly. Uh, First Assembly of God. Uh, it's our, it's a home church. Um, uh, you know, thank you so much, Dr. Somerville for joining oh, us and yeah. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and so for everyone that is watching or anyone that will watch, what is, you know, what are some things that you would like to tell the audience about you what what are a few things that you would like them to know about your life about your ministry uh, and things of that nature okay well it's like an, an impromptu speech here of course i don't like preparing anything sometime when we're coming from the heart here so a lot of times when doing that first of all please allow me to stutter simply because I've been working all day and when you're a little bit tired, you just stutter. Uh, please allow me to have some brain cramps. I am human, that happens. Allow me to get off track a little bit, to go on a rabbit trail, whole nine yards. But I'm just David, I'm, I'm David Somerville, Shannon's husband, the father of Larsa, DJ, Will, Layla and Aaliyah, my five kids. <laughs> and uh, what else can I tell them, Reverend Fallis? Well, Go, I mean, anything about your life, like what do you like to do? What uh, what do you feel from the Lord to do? I, okay. Anything, everything. Like, oh. what do you do? What do you do in life? Okay, what do I do in life? I'm an educator, and uh, I've been throughout the entire arena. Started my career. Um, well, prior to uh, becoming an educator, I was a soldier. Have 12 years of military experience. Um, eight years with Army active duty, some active duty time there, and uh, four years with the Air Force dual service, of course. I medically discharged, didn't get the 20 in, so I decided to become an educator. Uh, started out as an elementary teacher, did that, became a high school administrator, assistant principal, then a middle school administrator, taught GED courses, taught adult high school, uh, taught virtual high school, uh, currently working in a program which is called Age Advancement uh, uh, and Growth in Education. Of course, uh, with an adjunct professor at Austin Peay State University for eight years, adjunct professor at uh, Tennessee State for two years in the education department. And uh, coming to a close of my career, but that's just a little bit about my career there. But for as ministry, thank God, thank God for his ministry, trying to win people to Christ. I uh, I consider myself a fill-in preacher <laughs> uh, when I get an opportunity to preach, when God gives me that opportunity. And I thank God for giving me that opportunity. I've uh, been a Sunday school teacher, 
Bible studies along the way, started Bible studies in the army, started Bible studies in college, started Bible study on most of the jobs I've, I've been in. And I thank God for using me for that. And I want to be careful because I don't want to talk about I, I, I put myself up here. I want to decrease, literally. I want to decrease so that Jesus will increase. But I've been in prison ministry for 26 years, uh, working with inmates and helped my pastor out a lot whenever he needs me to preach. I've been doing the Wednesday night services here simply because uh, a pastor, uh, his situation, and we're praying for him, praying for his health, and the first lady as well. That was impromptu, and I'm to, to, just to cover everything, look, look at me. I'm a country boy from Alabama. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> and I've seen that Will has taken on your love for Bama, huh? For, for oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was a slaughter against Austin P. It was... <laughs> It was a they were kind. It was only they were very kind. It was only 34 to nothing. That's the, that's saying something for Austin P now. That, that's kindness. It was mercy. Or was it Austin P? Yeah, but yeah, that is awesome. And also, um, everyone, if you are wanting to connect with Dr. Somerville, you know, you can do so through uh through facebook and can you tell them anything about like even like the weekly word that you usually yes do? yes yes hey glad you asked that one slipped my mind but anyway it's nothing every day but once a week every saturday i just post a mini sermon and i thank god for that because that's something that we can use facebook for rather than a lot of gossip and everything else but every saturday every saturday there's a post uh that deals with the things that 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 God has laid on my heart, everything from my heart. So please tune in. Uh, let me get this here. But David Somerville, David J. Somerville, David J. Somerville, Facebook here in Clarksville, Tennessee. Just a simple ministry and a simple word share, which I've been doing for the past 10 years now. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yes. So I'm having my 10-year anniversary. And the ministry is called Face the Book, Face the Book Ministry. Mm -hmm. Not Facebook, but Face the Book ministry that's awesome yeah and so i'm so thankful dr somerville that we get to have this time together um and i'm so glad that so if you guys do you know we're going to share this i want to tag him uh and in, in this post so if you guys want to keep up with those messages that he releases on that weekly basis you can do so um by following or friending uh or anything in that nature. Um, but so for tonight, Dr. Somerville, I always love to go in this part where we get to talk about what has God been speaking to us or what has God been laying on our hearts? What have we been studying? Uh, things like that. But if I can ask, what has God been laying on your heart lately? Plain and simple, know the word, live the word. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes uh, some of the things I see and I want folks to understand we have to preach the truth. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. I did not understand that verse for a long time, but I'm going to tell you something about the truth, and I will answer that. The truth does two things. It either makes you mad or set you free. Mm. If we look in the Bible, in the Old and New Testament, when folks heard the truth, many of them, what happened? They became mad. They rejected the message. They killed the prophets. They persecuted the prophets simply because 
they did not preach things that tickled their ears. They preached the things that God had laid on the prophet's heart to turn the people back to God. And that's one of the things that I see today. What I see, uh, what's on my heart is the parallel, the parallel between the older biblical days. And I don't say back in the biblical days. Well, you can't say back because every day of the biblical day, past, present, and future, that's a biblical day. But if we look how the prophets came, they preached the message, not all about prosperity, not all about peace and happiness and feeling good. Everything, when the prophets saw the condition of men, when God saw the condition of men, he sent the prophets. Not to preach, as I said, about prosperity and feel-good messages, but throughout the Old Testament, a warning, a warning. Simply just turn back to God. And when we turn back to God, know the word, live the word. And Pastor Fowler, is one thing that I see the church as a whole, the church as a whole, uh, we are not saying everybody, I said the church as a whole. There's a large percent of us that are biblically illiterate, biblically illiterate. We were focused on secular education and everything else. But do we really study our Bible, not just read the Bible? Do we know what the Bible is saying? When we read that Bible, do we study the context of scripture? Uh, do we study the traditions and the culture? Do we study the words, the Greek words, the Hebrew words? Uh, whatever words are being translated to exactly know who the author is talking to. What is God saying? How do we apply this? And anytime reading the Bible, this is what I believe in. We have to ask ourselves the who, what, when, where, and, and why. How? Not just yes or no, but who, what, when, where, why. How? You know, what if? We have to go into the Bible with those type of questions, those type of conversations. But overall, like I said, I, I, God has been laying on my heart that his people has to know his word and his people have to live his word. And anytime when living in his word, living his word, there is a sacrifice. Holiness is a sacrifice because there are so many things in the world that pulls us from God that even the church gets caught up. Uh, we were speaking a little bit earlier and I was telling Reverend Fowlis about to the folks out there, I was telling him that it is hard to distinguish between the secular and the spiritual now. Mm. You know, it's getting very hard to distinguish because many of us are not people who are setting ourselves apart. And when we do set ourselves apart, guess what? We're not going to fit in. We're just not. But it doesn't uh, turns it doesn't turn us away from living for God, regardless of what people think or say about us. All right. And I'm going to stop right there because I'll keep going, going, going. Well, <laughs> that's, what, that's what this time is for. I love it. And, you know, I do have a question, uh, you know, is going as for studying the word, uh, you know, as an educator, how would you say if someone's wondering how to start studying the Bible, if they haven't, you know, as an educator, from your perspective, how would you start telling them what how to study the word? Uh, well, I love to use biblical references for everything. And as an ed educator, as a former teacher, principal, professor, as an educator, if you want to learn something, what are you going to need? You're going to need, need a teacher, right? Remember Philip and the Ethiopian? <laughs> we have to find Phillips, but we have to find legitimate Phillips, legitimate, that's not taking things out of context. God has blessed man, men with biblical wisdom. There are men that he has called to be preachers, men he has called to be teachers. The Bible tells us that. 
And I think one of the first things to do, well, number one, everything starts at home, particularly having godly parents. But we have to find churches that are going to hurt us. I know that throws a lot of us off guard, guard right there. But we can't look for a church that's just going to make us feel good and tickle our ears. There's a ton of them out there. But when you find a church that hurts you, what I mean by that, a church that preaches a word that does the three C's, I call it the three C's, that preaches a message that convicts you, that corrects you, and challenges you. Let me say that again. We need messages that convicts us, that corrects us, and challenge us. That's why the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, for all scriptures of God breathe, breathe or are inspired by God, and they are profitable for what? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, 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 word that most folks don't want to hear, and for instruction in what? Righteousness, instruction in righteousness. And so we have to be in that place where we get in those three C's, that conviction, that correction, and that challenge in order to learn. And I think one thing that really hurts us when we talk about learning the word is when we don't grow. Uh, in education, in my field of study, you get promoted. You know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Why do you get promoted? Because of mastery. Once you've mastered kindergarten, you're going to go to the first grade. That's mastered to the second grade. What about us as Christians? Uh, many of us, we are still uh, using milk when we should have moved on to meat. The Bible talks about that as well. I think it's in Hebrews, Ephesians, one of them. I'm not going to give the scripture, but I may be wrong. But so many of us, we've been sipping milk for 10, 20, 30 years. And guess what? Folks like that, you tell them the truth of the Bible, the, that part that challenges, that convicts, that correct. It angers them. Why does the Bible anger us when we've been Christians for so long? That's an indication of no growth. But just to bring that question to a close, we have to find someone who's spirit-filled, uh, spirit who knows that word and can teach us that word. And when that word convicts us, we can't run from it. We need to stay in that place where we are hurt, where we are challenged, convicted, corrected. And so many of us, we don't want to deal with that hurt, but faithful of the wounds of a friend. Faithful. While they're faithful, because if you're my friend, you really love me, you're really concerned about my salvation, where I'm going to spend eternity, no matter how the truth hurt, you're going to still tell me. That's faithfulness. That's faithfulness are the wounds of a friend that wounds us enough for us to repent and turn back to God. Mm, that's good. That's very good. You know, um, there's a lot of things like, almost like we can use, I guess, as an example um would be even like spiritual strength as you know you were talking about growth a lot of people they don't want to basically exercise those spiritual mm -hmm. muscles you know because like you even said it's going to hurt when you grow yeah. you know uh i i always love you know i always love john 15 because jesus says that he prunes those that he loves so that they can bear more fruit and so whenever you're about to bear more fruit there's growing pains there's things that are going to challenge oh, yeah. you to cut back on the things that sometimes that we have in order to produce more and the same thing is why because sometimes it's going to make us start all over again sometimes <laughs> just sometimes it's just taking a little bit back but god is wanting to because always love it because pruning always provokes new growth 
you know, pruning always provokes new growth. And if, and if we're at places that aren't, like you said, it's not going to challenge us, uh, then places, you know, people can be in the wrong places for way too long. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, a lot yeah. like, it's a lot like with the children of Israel and with Egypt, the place that was once a place of provision, you know, because of Joseph, it instantly became, well, it slowly turned into a place of bondage because they didn't leave after Joseph told them to go. Um, and that, I, I, I learned that from, uh, from hearing a pastor of Damon Thompson, you know, he was saying like, you know, that Egypt was a great place. It was a place of provision. It was a place that was like one of the greatest empires in the world, but because they were complacent in what they were doing, and they weren't wanting to basically go back to their home, go on their own. The place that became their provision became a place of bondage. And it's the mm, same thing. Mm, some, places, some places can mentally, physically, spiritually keep you in a space if they are not con consistently pushing you to do more to do to, or to grow in certain areas. Mm -hmm. So I really love that. Um, and so uh, so what what is another thing that you feel like the Lord has been laying on your heart well as i said to uh, kind of piggyback off what i just said to live uh holy you know we are we're set apart yeah. and I, I think i see so many christians that struggle with being set apart because we have a tendency of wanting to fit in we want to fit in with the world and you mm -hmm. said something that i wanted to comment on too uh, being in that place for so long uh where we're being set back that place that was a place of provision once but somewhat as a place of hindrance you know i thought about complacency when we're in places like that we become complacent mm. and what does complacency leads to complacency leads to mediocrity mm. and where does mediocrity lead what does it leads to mediocrity leads to marginalizing marginalizing the bible marginalizing the things of god and what does that mean they're insignificant now you know, I have I, I, so much God. I'm used to God. So I just carry on the routine, you know, mm -hmm. no growth or, or slow growth. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I have to piggy, I have to piggyback again and just talk about that, that, that those three C's, the correction, the challenge and the conviction mm -hmm. that puts us out there and make us grow, make us uh, seek God more and more when the truth is being being preached. And my main concern is just the truth. Preach the truth with a balance. Keep the bubble in the middle. Now, I'm going to say some things that, hold on, folks. I want the world out there to hold on. But we got to keep that bubble in the middle. And I'm going to say some non-church words. Stay with me. Look at me. Watch me. Don't run from these words right here. Don't run from them. But there are some non-church words. Now we're fixing it a little bit deeper, and I'm not going to uh, just preach on this because I believe in prosperity 100%, but I believe the balance of prosperity. There's balance with the prosperity. Jesus said, in this life, you will have troubles. He said, I tell you, as I've told you before, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have tribulation. But he says, be of good cheer, or in other words, be encouraged, for I have overcome the world. So if Jesus has overcome the world, we are overcomers. We have overcome the world. But there is a balance. Yes, prosperity. But how do we handle the tribulations along with prosperity? How do we handle seasons? You know, some seasons we're on the mountaintop. Some seasons we're down in the valley. So let me sit, uh, say those church words. 
that well non-church words let me get back those non-church words that we don't like to hear sometimes timothy kind of alludes to that having itching ears not willing to hear sound doctrine but the heaping themselves preacher who will not preach that sound doctrine but will preach things that are itching to the ears pleading to with itching ear things that are pleading that they want to hear but here are these non-church words watch this hell sin repentance other non-church words, you don't build ministries with those words anymore. I don't know where the lie came from where we can't mention these things in the church no more. Hell is eternal, and we can't mention it. <laughs> we have a whole world here, the vast majority of the world that's heading there, and we can't mention that in church. We're still afraid of offending people. Let me say something. The gospel offends. The gospel does two things. The truth does two things, in other words, and the gospel is true, but it does two things. It either sets us free or makes us mad. Yeah. Don't forget that. The truth does two things. It either sets us free or makes us mad. So I mentioned that first non-church word, hell. It's eternal. We got to talk about it. Not every Sunday, not every week, not every month, but periodically we got to talk about it. There's a heaven, there's a hell, there's a God, there's a devil, there's good, there's evil. That other church word, sin. Got to talk about it. Why? Because sin takes us to hell. The rejection of Christ. The rejection of Christ is to live in sin. So, yes, it's sin, but basically a sin is a rejection of God's word, of his truth. So it takes us to that hell. And then number three, repentance. How do you become a Christian? Yeah, we believe in God, but you got to repent. We got to repent of our past doing. That's why uh, that very, very popular verse uh, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, and I, I, I just hate it when people take things out of this verse and don't put them there. But it is a, I call it a positioning verse. It puts us in position. It puts us in position for our lands to be healed. In other words, it puts us in position for Christ to hear us, to answer our prayers, to move in our lives, uh, to allow His word, word to work for us. We have to be in position. And there are so many church folks who are not in position. But anyway, Second Chronicles seven fourteen says this. If my people, us Christian, God people, those of us who are living for him, who confess him, it says, if my people who are called by my name will do these four things, if they will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and what? What the old prophets, prophets of old were preaching, turn, turn, turn from their wicked ways, repent. Let me say those four things again before we get it. This, this verse is broken up here. Here's the first part. Humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. And then God used his word then there. Then, he says, then, and only then, what is he going to do next? After we've humbled ourselves, prayed, seek his face, sought his face, and turned from our wicked ways, he says, then, I'm going to hear from heaven. But does he stop right there? So how do we get God to hear from heaven? Again, humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. Then. God will hear from heaven. So what happens after he hears from heaven? The Bible says he forgives our sin. Mm. And guess what? Now we're in position. Mm. Did you get it? We're in position. Before the sins are forgiven, he has to hear from heaven. Before he hears from heaven, we have to humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. So when he hears from heaven, that's when the land is healed. Mm. That's when the healing takes place. That's when the miracles take place. That's when the word works for you. When God tells us, hey, this is for you. 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scoundrel, but his delight is what is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night. Okay, so if I want to be blessed, how do I be blessed? I got to position myself. I want to, I got to humble myself, pray, seek his face, turn from my wicked ways. I'm positioning myself. Every scripture that we apply in our lives, here's the question. Are you positioned for it to work? And so many people wonder why, why isn't this working, God? You said that I should do it this way and this is what you're going to do. But no, are you positioned? Are you positioned that God can hear from heaven? Mm. Are you positioned that God can, uh, that God can, can forgive you of your sins? Mm. And then the lands heal. Now let's go back with the same verse, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Before the lands are healed, in other words, prayers, answer, whatever you need God to do in your life. Before the lands are healed, your sins have to be forgiven. Before your sins are forgiven, God has to hear from heaven. Before God hears from heaven, you, you, you have to do your part. Humble yourself, pray, seek his face, and turn from your wicked ways. The rest is up to God. Yeah. Our part is to do those four things. The rest is up to God once we put ourselves in that position. The rest is up to him to hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. So we do these four things, which is combined into one, and God does three things. He hears from heaven. Okay, he forgives us of our sins, number two, and then that prayer is answered, the land is healed. Yeah. All right, Reverend Fallis, let me stop. I want to hear from you. <laughs> well, I love that, you know, um, you know, when Jesus, when he was on, he, when he was in flesh, in person, you know, he's still in the flesh, but he's on the right hand of the Father. He, when he was in flesh, walking among us, you know, the message he preached, yes, it drew many towards him, but the message he also preached got him crucified. And I don't know, it's just because, why? Because the words that he spoke, it 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 provoked people. It was challenging their ways mm -hmm. and not, not yeah, yeah. and it was challenging their hypocrisy in a lot of ways where especially the religious leaders were some, let me say some religious leaders, they were so they 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 misinterpreted the law in such a way they were trying to do it on their benefit in a way where they would probably uh position themselves a little like a little bit higher than when they should have been walking in humility in some areas and it, it really disturbed everything but something that you were saying earlier is that a lot of ministries uh don't like to talk about hell or sin or repentance um you know it, I have unbalanced. Uh, unbalanced. Yeah. And so, you know, they're they're great about talking about God blessing you. You know, there's a lot of people that love to talk about that God is love, that God is good, but they also forget to say that God is just. You know, and with his just and because of that, because all that they see is just love, they just see the good, and but they forget that he's also king that has a kingdom that is also going to draw a boundary between his friend and his and enemies of god mm -hmm. you know he for people don't think that people think that god's going to allow enemies to try to control his camp and or even to enter and to dwell in his land and he's not because while we were sinners christ died for us while we were enemies god went god took on the cross so that we could become his friends you know, I love hearing that from Pastor Micah Wood. Uh, Pastor Micah, he would he would 
he would say that a lot that God he came to turn, to make his enemies his friends but the thing is God people have forgotten a lot that God is also just and so whenever you want to bring up the topic of hell a lot of people would be like oh well I don't think that Jesus really meant what he said to talk about hell or concerning hell. And it's because if they do that, they have to acknowledge their sin and they will have to change exactly. Exactly. their ways. And, and it's a whole thing. And then, then they'll come at you instead of trying to recognize where they have to grow and they have to change. And even if they have, they'll say, well, I don't believe it because the way the God that you talk of, of the Bible, if you say that he's going to allow people to come home, but he, he will also allow people to go to hell I mean, he's done everything he can to prevent them. He like literally God is chasing them down with his love and they would still not want to turn to him. And so that that's where people will go, sadly. Um, but the only but what they'll say is, is that they're like, oh, well, you talk about the God that is good and that is love. And then you'll say that he'll send someone to torment. That's makes you that makes you sound like you believe in a pile, pie, a bipolar God. And I'm like, no, he's a balanced God. He's a balanced right. God. Right. It's like he's he's like he's good, but he's also just he's loving, but he but he but he's also the king of heaven and of earth. Like he like he will he will govern how he chooses and he gives us he gives us the love letters and the law to show us how he governs his kingdom. And so I really I really love the way uh you were saying that because it's so true there's a lot of people that won't talk about it and it's because simply that they just like like you've said earlier they've marginalized and they've minimalized and they've made it where it's not relevant to their heart and it's not relevant to their mind and even though jesus he spoke heavily on hell but then they want to try to discount that they'll try to uh after you give all the logical sense they will go after the person and their uh, and their different theological views and philosophical views, and it kind of it it, it does, it's good challenge, but people need to know how to answer it correctly. And I feel like that's that that's where a lot of people kind of like you were saying they need to start eating the meat so they know how to <laughs> answer these tough questions sure. that have been approaching the church and people have just been skating on. Because uh, because I was having a really great conversation not too long ago with one of my friends, and then someone else jumped in and tried to derail it. And and for me, it took so long to give the answers that I was never even able to go back to the original question, especially concerning hell. Um, and um, you know, we know I, I I know I know this. This is how I love to summarize it that if we are a believer, we know this, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So if we are going to live in a way of eternal life, you know, he didn't just, you know, Jesus, he gave us life so we can have life and life more abundantly. And so if we're going to do that, we also have to keep his words keep his commandments because what John 14 says that he who loves me will keep my hear my words and keep my words and keep my commandments and then it's like and then you know in my I will love him and my father will love him also and we will come and make ourselves known to him and we will make our home in him you know there are so many things with it I, I mean I, I I love it because Jesus 
how, how can I say it this way? Jesus, he's, he always commands us, hey, keep my words. Hear my words, but also do my words. You have to follow me. And if you're going to follow me, it's not always going to feel comfortable. He said, following me means you're going to have to pick up my cross daily. You know, in Luke, he says, you're going to have to pick up my daily cross. That means you're going to have to die to yourself to the world. And honestly, when you get to a certain, when I think like, you know, when you become spiritually strong, you know, I'm not saying that there's not temptations in the world. There are, but it becomes your, your spirit is, is becomes more stronger to say no, especially when you have the the holy spirit and the strength of the holy spirit living inside of us um and so there are things that god he teaches us so because like when people can be so people can mislead if they just easily speak about transformation but with but they don't really give the follow-through they tell you how to get transformed but they don't tell you how to follow through transformed and they'll say they'll they'll make it so simple well read your bible and pray yes that is exactly what you do but there's also the parts that you said go find a mentor go find a teacher get plugged in surround yourself with community and those are simple things but it's actual the actual follow-through <laughs> it's keeping people accountable having that accountability in your life uh, i mean there's so many things i feel like i've went on a rabbit trail like on two well, you know it, it happens it's so easy for us to do because when you're talking all of these biblical reference <laughs> come to my mind well this scripture says this is because i believe that you know what the bible will preach itself and you know you've heard me speak and that and i don't want to put me on a pedestal here but i've learned this preaching the word of god that's one reason i use a lot of reference scriptures because people are, are are misunderstood, they misunderstand the Bible. They and 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 they tell this lie that the Bible contradicts itself. The Bible does not contradict itself. When people tell us that the Bible contradicts itself, it does not. The Bible does not contradict itself. The Bible, guess what, interprets itself. When we see reference verses, when we see verses that back up truth, I've, I've learned what uh, Reverend Fallis in the audience out there when we want to know the truth guess what we look for evidence right in the mouth of two or three witnesses that's why i believe in not being a one scripture christian we have to use all of the word of god and bring it together this web that helps interpret of the scriptures that gives us a full understanding of what god is telling us and so it's it's not just hey i take the scripture i take it out of context i make it fit what i want it to fit and hey that's what it means. That's the context. That's what it says. Mm -hmm. We have to know the entire word of God. And that's why it's so easy for us to go on these rabbit trails here, because we can hit this point with the scripture, that point with the scripture, and still survive when we study that word. And, you know, it. I always just love uh, something that, that the Lord, he's been putting on my heart. Uh, it's just looking at the authorship of God. And like, you know, how he, how he is the great author of our lives. He's the great uh, author, even of his word. And so you have, you know, dozens of writers of the Bible and they are all perfectly woven. 
because of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it's like, it's his word, his DNA in paper and communication to us. Uh, I don't know. I just, I find, I find a lot of that is just, it's so beautiful to see the work of God. Uh, you know, that so many people uh, would prophesy or even they would write uh, messianic narratives or even scripture, uh, even verbiage of scripture that uh, that some other people had no idea about and or they wouldn't even had access to. And there you go. God is, you know, telling them to write down the exact same thing or very similar things um i don't know i i've just been really i've been pondering on that lately i've really been loving it um but yeah we know uh, the word of god is truth <laughs> it's yeah. true and it's truth of course and it just comes together you know, living this life as a born-again christian for over 30 years uh grew up in church but not always serving God. I was a hearer of the word, not a doer of the word. But once I became born again and committed to the things of God, committed to the word of God, not part. And that's another thing, uh, Brother Fowler, Reverend Fowler, it's, it's we can't just accept part of the word of God. That part that convicts us, we just dash it out. Hey, it's like, you know, that place I took my kids, build a bear. You go in there and you stuff this into your bear, that into your bear. And a lot of time I look at a lot of folks Christianity and I call it build a bear Christianity. Mm. Well, I don't want to believe in this because I have to stop my drinking. I have to stop this. I have to stop doing that. But that part, yeah. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll live according to this doctrine. You're not following the four directions that God gives us. You're not balanced. It's the whole word of God. It's like we were talking about earlier, what, some folks would like to preach and not like to preach. You can't preach half of the gospel. It's half of the direction. How are you going to get the full meaning with half of the direction? How are you going to be a full Christian with half of the Bible? It's not, uh, I heard a pastor many years ago, and he called it, I'm trying to think of the name, having this, this brain cramp, but this pastor, he alluded to a lot of times how we take the gospel too many brain cramps here, but it's kind of like the, and we pick and choose what we want one out of it. Uh, but I can't think of it really. I apologize for this massive brain cramp when it was right on the tip of my tongue. And when we get off, I, I will remember it. But anyway, it's like shopping, the shopping type mentality with the gospel. And I heard that from a, a great pastor named Pastor Louis Montoya, how he talked about <laughs> <laughs> that type of gospel where we go shopping and we pick what we want we don't want it we don't get it we throw it back and that's it <laughs> oh yeah you know um you know and something that i always that i don't know something that i've been thinking about lately as well as well um that you know for me i was just thinking about different goals that we can all have and sometimes when we have too many things that we focus on, we start focusing on one and we start neglecting others. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like if we give, if we are giving 50% into something instead of 100%, you know, that means we're giving 50% effort, but then there's also 50% neglect. 
And it's, and I, I, I hate to, to try to put it that way, but sometimes when people don't, I, I think that people have to also understand when they give their life to the Lord, that it's a hundred percent. The requirements are a hundred percent. If that makes sense, the requirement <laughs> is a hundred percent of life. It's no longer, Hey, this is mine. And this is what I'm giving to God. No, it all, it's all his when we come to him and we <laughs> surrender ourselves to him. Uh, because I know in my life, I don't want to just give 50%. I don't want to give just half my life. I want it to be 100% surrender. Amen. I don't, Amen. Know, because that's what the Lord asks of us. And not only that, you also come to a, a, a place where it's not, it's not a burden. It, it's not a hardship. It's not a woe is me. I I love Jesus. It's like I get to love Jesus. Amen. You know, I get to live my life surrendered and yielded, and I get to follow His leading. He gets to be my like I I am honored that He gets to be my shepherd, that He gets Amen. to be my Lord, that He's my master, that He's the one that directs me. You know, he's the one that shows me because why I can trust him. He's the author from the beginning till the end. You know, he's the one that goes from everlasting to everlasting. You know, he is the one that is faithful, that is true. The one that keeps the best in mind for us. Uh, and so when it comes to Christianity and it comes to our, uh, our salvation, I always, I, I always love it. Like, Lord. I get like, I'm thankful that you came for me. You know, and I've seen that in your life, my brother. Yeah, it's like, and I'm not trying to say, that. I'm just, I'm trying to say, like, this is, I feel like that it, it's a posture, like, kind of like you're saying that alignment that it's like, you know, he didn't have to, you know, he didn't have to go on the cross for us, but he did. And it was out of love. You know, he didn't have to endure all that he had to endure, but because he wanted to be with us, he wanted to bring redemption. He wanted to, well, he did bring redemption, but he wants us to receive it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, something that I feel like that can summarize, uh, something that can summarize what we've really been talking about is in John three, you know, uh, that, you know, in John three, whenever he said, when Jesus says, you know, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, also the son of man should be lifted up that whoever believes in him shall be saved. And then, you know, he goes on to say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but all that believe in him shall be saved or might be saved. And for me, it's that might be saved. And there is that Jesus came and he gave us that opportunity. He made it available. It's just that we have to turn and see it. Like you were saying, turn from our wicked ways, see it. And it's like, even with that, in that story in numbers where we, where you see the children of Israel going and complaining and they're living in the, in wickedness. 
So God allows serpents to go out and he sends the serpents to go out and bite them mm-hmm. with poison. And then, and they cry out, say, Hey, Moses asked God to save us. So he says, so he told him to make a bronze serpent and to put it on a rod and go stick it up on a hill. And whoever will look at it and will recognize it will be saved. It's like those who will recognize their sin and turn from it and say, okay, I understand that there's a savior. That he's like, I understand that God is going to be my savior, recognizing that it's like recognizing their sin, the thing that bit them, the thing that was causing them to die, they had to look upon it and recognize what was harming them. Mm. They, They had to repent for what they were doing. And that's exactly with what Jesus, he said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, also the son of man shall be lifted up. And yeah, so that God sent his son not to condemn the world, but all that believe might be saved. And it's like, Jesus, he's there. He's here. And his spirit is here waiting on the, on the harvest, waiting on the people to turn back to him, to like you were saying, to turn to him, to, to just like, Hey, I want to be done from my sin. And God, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to commune with you. I want to hear with, I want you to hear me and I want to hear you. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that kind of, it, I mean, do you agree like that? Does that feel like that kind of summarizes almost like everything that we've been talking about? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I want to piggyback a little bit on some of the yeah. things we've been saying, so saying piggyback. But the thing is, surrender in our lives. Totally. Yeah. Totally. You know, I think we're deceiving ourselves when we're halfway surrendering in our lives. And I've been there before. What I'm saying, I've been there. There are some things that I got saved simply because I was comfortable with that wasn't pleasing to God. You know, okay to society. In fact, okay to the church in some cases. But who was I selling my life out to? The Bible tells us in Matthew, if any man hate not his mother, father, sister, brother, uh, 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 anyone, husband, wife, if you hate not, you're not worthy of me. For a long time, I couldn't understand that. God, you're telling me to hate my mama, my daddy, my wife, my kids, you know, but what that verse really means is prioritizing God, prioritizing God above your mom, your dad, your wife, your sister, your brother, your siblings, and notice why did God use those who are close to us? Why did he use our closest relatives, the husband, the wife, the parents, the children, the siblings? You know why? Because those are the ones who have the most influence on us. Those are the ones who can shape us, who can shape hate, who can shape love. Uh, You look at certain people who have hateful attitudes towards other people. That was shaped. It was shaped many times by a parent. But Jesus said, look, I know you love daddy. He provided for you. He worked two jobs to take care of you. He made that sacrifice. I know you love mama. She carried you for nine months. She nursed you. She would give a life for you. I know you love your wife. That's the one that God has sent you and your husband and your kids. And your, I know, but God says, love me better. God yeah. says, prioritize me. These are the ones who are closest to you. These are the ones who can influence you the most. But yet and still, love me more. And you know what? So many of us, even as Christians, we haven't learned to prioritize God above our loved ones. Sounds like a hard thing to do, but God wants to be prioritized. 
And so when we come to Jesus Christ, it's down to ourselves, it's down to our desires, it's down to everyone who has that influence on a still respect and still loving them. But guess what? Being totally sold out to Jesus. And I find that to be a problem with many people who confess Christ. There are still things from the past that we hold on to. There are still people from the past that we hold on to and, and that we let have the most influence on us. But God is saying, hey, prioritize me first. Yeah. And I think once we become born again believers, we have to do what Paul says. You know, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by what? Faith in the Son of God, the, ones who, the one who died for me, the one who loved me. We have to live by faith, live this life by faith in the Son of God, mm -hmm. totally dying to ourselves and our desires, totally. Yeah. And, um, you know, with what you were saying, I'm trying to exactly put it back uh, in, the, in the right phrasing. It's, I, I feel like it was just like, you know, the part of surrendering, like, you know, being completely living for the Lord. It was, I was wanting to bring up a, almost, it was a really funny point, um, but it's like prioritizing. It was the prioritizing uh, because, you know, where he says, where Jesus, where he's saying like, you know, the hate, you know, that's very, it was very, um, it, it, it was the Hebraic terms for like, you know, love less. It was the very dramatic form that Jesus was talking about. And I uh, of saying like, you know, if you don't love them less, or if you, if you love them more than me, you know, you, you have to love them less than you love me. You have to love me more. Um, and I was just thinking about that because there are several people that, feel like okay i'll go to like i know i know a lot of people have been ha, have been having a hard time with the church lately a lot and a lot a lot of people have been saying well i don't need to be a church to go to a christian well yeah you don't have to go to a church to for to be saved but if you want to be strong you do it's like you don't have to go home to be married you know as, the, as a lot of people say but if you want your marriage to be healthy you probably need to go home at night you know for uh for that for that time uh, and but it, it's i was just thinking there was a there was a funny point that i was that i was just thinking i was just seeing a meme where do you know those memes where it's those two ladies like pointing the finger and yelling and then there's the cat at the end of the table just like just sitting there and giving that that truth comment that that just cuts to the point have you seen that i've been seeing that one <laughs> okay well it's hilarious with what people come up with and it's these ladies going nothing's gonna hold me back or nothing's gonna hold me down and 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 it's the cat he's like well, the bed sheets on Sunday morning from church do. <laughs> oh, and it's like so That's many. A good one. Yeah, it's like so many people. Like they say they want to commit, but like I was saying earlier, they don't want to follow through. Um, you know, but I'm just so good that the Lord, He is gracious. That He is just. That He is loving. He's forgiving. He's redeeming. He's going to restore. But he's going to strengthen and uh 
man, there's so many parts about the Christian life that we can go on to, especially about the development that the Lord will use for our character. Man, that is a big, that, that's a, that's its own topic on, you know, that's its own section that can, I mean, there, there's so much that can be said about how the Lord will develop your character. And that's, and really there's going to be the fruits of the spirit's going to be shown in your character and oh, it's yeah. going to be going oh, through yeah. your life. Um, and it's not just for what everyone else can see, but it's with that, with the times that you have with the Lord. Uh, and, and that's what matters. And so Dr. Somerville, I don't want to hold you up too much longer, but I always love to have the ending set. Uh, set my pleasure. Ending. My pleasure. And I know we've had basically an unrehearsed conversation tonight, but I like it like that because coming from the heart. And I want to say this, you know, I've been studying the Bible for the past 30 plus years over and over haven't missed a day reading it and not to be bragging, but it's a part of my life. And there have been some days, yeah, I've been so busy, but I encourage anyone, if if it's just a scripture, there have been days where I just have to catch at least one scripture, get some word of God in you, at least one. Uh, once, if it's just one scripture a day, and of course, I try to have my devotion time in the morning. Now, I understand we do get busy, things do occur, things uh, occur in our lives unannounced, but get the word of God in yeah. your life. But I want to say this, after reading the Bible over and over every single day for the past 30 plus years without missing a day, I still have a lot to learn. And as we say in Alabama, I have a whole lot heap to learn. It's fresh every day. It's a new revelation. Every time I read the word of God, scriptures that I've read over and over and over and over, thought I knew what I was talking about. And you get this fresh revelation from studying the word of God and uh, using other tools, commentaries, whatever, listening to powerful preachers, listening to the spirit, number one, what God teaches us. But the Bible, the, the, the word of God is... It's an amazing book. The Bible is an amazing book. And the word of God is alive. And that's why, that's why we will continue to learn from it because it's a living word. It's a living word. Yeah. So once we get the living word in our lives, guess what? We'll be able to live by the word, by the living word. Yes, sir. And, you know, We're not there yet. I just want yeah. to remember, we are not there. We're just like you. We're striving. We're seeking God, hey, to be more and more like him every day. Hallelujah. Yeah. And, you know, I love the, you brought up so many good, uh, really amazing points tonight. Uh, I, I mean, there there are so many points. I'm going to go back and uh, and make, make some clips on it. But, you know, Right now, we're going to have a time for prayer. Um, if we, if you can, uh, Dr. Somerville, can you lead out? I'm watching the comments right now. So far, no one's commented any prayer needs. Uh, but if you guys are watching, this is a time where we where we take to pray for uh, people that are watching or whatever the Lord is having on our heart. So would you be able to lead us out, Dr. Somerville? Sure. Father God, in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus, God, we thank you. We praise you. We lift up your holy name, Lord. Mm -hmm. And Father, you know who's listening. You know who's watching, Lord God. Mm -hmm. Father, I don't know the needs, but you do, God. So Father, I don't want to pray for them, Lord, not just for them. I want to pray with them. Mm -hmm. And Father, I pray that you will meet every need, that you will undergird, that you'll intervene, God, in every situation in their lives. 
And Father, I pray that, that you will encourage the listeners tonight, God. Encourage them, God. Maybe it's something they've heard, God. That's correcting. That's convicting, God. That's challenging, Lord God. I pray that you'll move upon that word, Lord God, and that you will accomplish what you've sent your word out to do, God. And Father, we thank you for this opportunity. I pray for Reverend Fallis that you will continue to bless this ministry and that blesses others, Lord God. And Father, we pray that you'll meet every need in our lives. We pray that you will give us the strength, God, to serve you like you called for us to serve you, God, like you've called, God. And Father, help us, God. Give us discernment, God. Give us discernment. Fill us with your spirit, God, so that we will have the power, God, and the authority, God, to live this life that you've called us to, God. And Father, I just want to thank you once again for everything that you're doing, God, and I'm going to plead your blood up on this ministry, up on this conversation, God, in the mighty name, Jesus, up on every listener, God, in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Yes, Lord. Lord, I just thank you that you are a faithful father. I thank you that you are faithful. God, that you are faithful. And God, just as you know how to take care of the birds in the air and the lilies of the field, God, that you know how to take care of us. God, I thank you, God, that you know how to provide for your children. You know how, you know exactly what they need. God, I thank you for whoever's watching and they are feeling like, I, I just need a touch from the Lord. I, I just thank you, Lord, that you are encountering them right now. You know exactly what they need in this situation. Father, I thank you that you are a good father and that you do not give your children wrong gifts. You are not a, like your word says, that if they are asking for bread, will you give them a rock or that you'll give them a serpent? God, I thank you that you know what to, how to give your children good gifts. Lord, I just even ask for people, uh, for people's ears that uh, to be open tonight. God, that if they have been living in a certain way, God, that they would hear the message that you were pouring out, Lord, and they would turn from their ways and turn to the, uh, turn to the well of life, turn to the source of life. God, I thank you that your word is living and it is active. God, I thank you that your well of your of, of, of that your well is of a well of living water god i thank you that you are just speaking eternal and eternal god god I, we just even want to give you praise god for what you're doing uh here and what you're doing even for the people that will come come later and watch but i thank you god for what you are doing and for the people that they are able to call on your name they know that they can call on you God, that they will call, that they can call on you, and that you will hear them. That you are faithful, and that you are true to your word. And so, Lord, we just even ask right now, mm. Lord, we just even ask God uh, if there's even those that are watching that I did, the Lord has just been showing me uh, a couple of individuals, and I I know it is God that if there's anybody that has been dealing with uh with certain addiction god that you would break god that you would break god addiction right now god that even under the sound of our voice god that they would know that from the uh, authority of the holy spirit god that to, for addiction to be broken right now in jesus name that his blood is greater that his blood is stronger god i just even thank you for uh 
that you are blessing those right now with peace of mind that have been dealing with tormenting thoughts. God, I thank you that your blood is greater, that your blood is stronger. God, I just even thank you that people are don't aren't when when they approach you, God, that that there's the things that they've been having to go through. They are not having to deal with an anointing, but they're dealing with the anointed one. I thank you that they are dealing with the King of Heaven, the one that reigns in victory, the one that is the ruler of all. God, I thank you. God, that you are giving peace of mind right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, God, that you are pouring out your spirit upon all flesh. God, I thank you that your word was fulfilled, but God, I ask for a fresh outpouring. God, a fresh outpouring upon your people, a fresh outpouring upon your churches. God, I thank you that you are doing a new thing. God, I thank you that uh, just for even a fresh baptism, as we see in the book of Acts, God, that there was a fresh baptism multiple times. God, that you would send out a fresh baptism, a fresh fire of your Holy Spirit among your people. God, I thank you, God, for what you are doing, for what you're igniting. God, I thank Thank you that you are doing something good, that you're doing something authentic in your church, authentic in your body. God, I thank you that you are doing something powerful. That you that God, I just even thank you for that the sick are being healed. God, that broken bodies are being restored and made whole right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for strength being brought into bodies right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that the weight of your presence is coming and filling up rooms right now. God, I thank you that the weight of your presence is coming and filling and transforming people right now. God, I thank you, God, that you are doing something good, that you are doing something good. God, I just thank you that there is no one like you. There is no one to even compare to you. God, we just thank you that you are the mighty, <laughs> you are the mighty one. God, I just thank you that you are mighty. God, that you are not a weak God, but you are mighty. Lord, I just even thank you that you give us strength. God, I just even thank you for those that have been feeling weak. God, that you give them strength, that you give them rest. God, we just even speak against anxiety right now when we speak, we say peace peace to the situation. God, we rebuke anxiety and we just call things to be back in order right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for those that are watching. We thank you for those that have are listening will encounter you. Lord, we just thank you for this time with Dr. Somerville. We thank you for this conversation. We thank you for his life. And Lord, right now, we just even bless Dr. Somerville right now. God, we just speak blessing over him and over his household. God, we just even thank you for just, uh, please don't take me the wrong way. I'm hearing a new anointing. I'm hearing that the Lord is saying that he's pouring something out afresh on your life and that he is girding you up because he is calling you to do more and to do more. Um, so Lord, I just even thank you for what you're doing in Dr. Somerville's life and the ways that you've used them. But God, I thank you for the fresh outpouring that's about to be released. God, I thank you that you have more. God, that you are about to pour afresh your hand, pour afresh your heart, and even the oil, God. Lord, I thank you that you are doing a new thing in, in, in this new day. God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for everything that you're doing. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. powerful prayer my brother
Yes, sir. Well, um, there's one thing I would like to say before we go, and maybe we can hold on for just one minute after uh, we can, we get off alive. Um, but everyone, you know, thank you guys so much for spending your time with us, for watching, and uh, for for tuning in. You know, I want to say that with Newly Awakened Ministries, I am so happy to say we are going to be recording a live worship album uh, in the next couple of weeks, and we will be working on it and be getting original worship music out to those that would love to hear, and we hope it blesses everyone. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Somerville. If Anytime. You can... More than welcome, my brother. My yes. pleasure. My yes. pleasure. Well, let me... Thank you for listening to this week's Feel the Flame from Newly Awakened Ministries. You can follow Newly Awakened Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. You can also connect with us through newlyawakenedministries.com.